into episode 19 of Try Talk SA. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brad Brown, your host this week, once again on this weekly triathlon podcast aimed specifically at the South African triathlon market. But it doesn't matter where you are uh, in the world or where you're from in the world, uh, we welcome everyone uh, onto the show. But uh, some great things happening in the South African world of triathlon, and we want to share that with you from this platform and uh, yeah, very cool show lined up for you this week. We chat to Paul Wolf, race director for Ironman South Africa. Uh, their 10th anniversary race coming up in 2014 and a very exciting, uh, two very exciting announcements. Uh, one's happened, the other one's just happened and I've got uh, all the details uh, from Paul on that. And we also caught up with Gerard De Brain, who finished second uh, at last weekend's 11 Global, Gerard uh, also training for Ironman South Africa, but he's got some cool training camps that he puts together, and we find out more about those on this week's show as well. And then I've also, uh, the last two weeks, ended up working uh, a couple of triathlons. I was emceeing the 5150 Africa Champs in Ikuruleni, and then I was also out at 11 Global last weekend. And I was amazed at how many people forgot things <laughs> at these races. And I mean, I'm convinced I was a goldfish in a previous life. So I am always one to forget things. And I've always done it. Every triathlon I've done, I put together a little checklist. I, uh, I've got it. I've had it for a long time. And I just run through that checklist. So I make sure that I've got everything, that I've got my wetsuit, I've got my tri suit, I've got every little thing that I need, scissors, plasters, uh, lube, whatever it is that I need. And I thought, you know what? People, not everyone, obviously uses checklists. So I thought, you know what? Let me make it available. So if you want a free, and you know what? You can have it. Just go and download it on my website now. Uh, all you have to do is get to trytalksa.co.za forward slash free. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll email it to you. It's as simple as that. Just go to trytalksa.co.za forward slash free. Get uh, our free triathlon checklist and hopefully it can make sure that you don't forget anything at your next race i kid you not 5150 african champs we had people looking for socks people looking for everything so uh go, go check it out try forward slash free uh, let's get straight into this week's show also got a big announcement uh, before we get into the show uh next week here on try talk sa episode 20 you're not gonna miss uh, want to miss that one some big big news on the south african triathlon scene Big announcement coming next week, Wednesday, and we'll have it first here on Try Talk SA. Really looking forward to that. Make sure you download that episode as well. And the easiest way to do it to make sure it gets straight into your inbox as soon as it is released is to subscribe on iTunes, okay? All you have to do is just head over to iTunes. You don't even need to have an Apple device. Just go and download the software. If you've got an Apple device, you know how it works. Download the software. Uh, search for Try Talk SA in the podcast in the App Store. Uh, click subscribe. And as soon as I publish every single episode, it comes straight to your inbox or to your device wherever you want it synced up. So uh, it's really, really easy. And if you do download through the Apple platform, if I could ask you a massive favor, I'd really appreciate it if you left us a star rating and a review. What that does is it just helps us rank highly uh, in iTunes. And I can tell you that of the five podcasts I do a week, one for triathlon, one for road running, one for trail running, one for mountain biking, one for cycling, we've pretty much got 
the top five sporting podcasts in the South African App Store waxed. So that's all because of those ratings and reviews. So if we can keep them there, the numbers obviously keep growing and it helps grow the sport as well. So if you wouldn't mind leaving me a review, I'd really appreciate it. What I'll do next week, if you do leave me a review, is I'll give you a shout out on next week's Try Talk SA. So there's a deal. You leave me a review, leave your name uh, and a really cool message and I'll read it out and uh, make you famous here on Try Talk SA. Uh, let's get straight into this week's show. We kick things off with Paul Wolf. Well, there's been a lot of talk the last uh, couple of weeks about changes on the Ironman South Africa route. It's uh, yeah, it's been an interesting one because that route's been the same for for quite a while, and it is the 10th anniversary. And Ironman South Africa mixing things up a little bit uh, in 2014. And it's a great pleasure to welcome race director on to Try Talk SA this week, Paul Wolf. Paul, uh, welcome. Thanks for for taking the time to chat to us today. Ah, oh, thanks for the invitation. Paul, I, I saw a, a, a PDF of a, a route profile, uh, of the, the, the cycle route in particular. But before we get into that, let's talk about the changes. Uh, the, the swim is going to be a one-lap, 3.8 swim. The bike, instead of being 360 laps, it's now 290 laps. The run's exactly the same. What brought about the changes? Yeah, if you look at it, um, every single race throughout the world, um, and especially the big races in Europe and America, you get a critical mass of athletes that any route can safely hold. All the races started off with the same concept um, for spectator value, and that was a two-lap swim and a three-lap 60K loop because you obviously, with a few athletes, you wanted to keep them right in the beachfront with the spectators because we tried to entertain not only the athletes but the crowds and the family and friends out there. So, yes, um, the past nine years of Ironman, we only had uh, 1,600 starters because we always have a 10% dropout on the people that always enter the race. So our course could handle it quite safely. If you look at the course last year, we had to have a separate pro race swim, and those pros had to swim through the back end, age groupers to get onto the beach. So I had to restructure the course, which was going to be a 1,500-meter swim, and then the, the second lap to make up your 3.8Ks. And with us suddenly going crazy in one week, we went from 900 athletes to a sold-out race of 2,200. I had to relook at the swim um, because you would never get 2,000 mass starters um, swimming a 1,500 meter swim. It would have been crazy. So I restructured that. Um, I've got three waves, a pro wave going off at 6.30 in the morning, 20 to 7, the first age group wave, and at 7 o'clock, um, the final age group wave. It makes no differences to the cutoff time because we're still finishing at 12 o'clock, and each uh, wave will obviously spend... Uh, uh, 10 minutes for the pros, and they'll never be cut off. But the uh, second wave has exactly the same cutoffs as the final guys. We just fired uh, three different guns to cut off the different waves. So it makes the, the swimmer much safer. It lets me exit the athletes onto Kings Beach if there are any issues, onto Hobie Beach, as well as Human Beach in between those two beaches. So it makes it a much safer, less congested swim than we've ever had in the past. And and as far as the bike goes, I mean, the, the bike's also quite an interesting one because it's obviously a non-drafting event. And, and with a 60K loop, I mean, even I'm just thinking last year, I mean, you get to a point where it's virtually impossible not to be within 10 meters of someone on, on that bike route uh, if, if it is a 60K loop. That's correct. I mean, if you looked at it, um, when we first started this event, the average South African was the first time they'd ever done nine man with most of them. And, and, and um, it was it was easy because there's so people so few people out there to enforce the rule of 10 meters and a 30 second overtaking rule and, and running one below behind each other. Um, but now the guys are actually swimming so much faster. So if you're looking, 60% of the field is coming out less than an hour and a half. So if you've got now a thousand guys coming out in that short time period, you've got absolutely no choice um, not to be stuck in a group somewhere along the line. 
and then the referees are, are, are enforcing penalties. The uh, athletes are getting frustrated and saying it's unfair. So now with the extra 500 people coming onto the course with a sold-out event, it would have been absolutely crazy not um, uh, not to change the course. I had no option to but but, but to do it because um, it would have been a nightmare. We actually had a statistician from in Joburg, Joburg in Germany who did an analysis on the course. The first age group would pass 30 k's into his cycle, obviously 90 k's into the pro's cycle in the 60 k loop, and he would have had to make 1,500 passes to actually complete the race. So it just became too dangerous for everybody to have kept the same course. Paul, just an interesting one. I mean, it's the 10th year that, that you're doing Ironman South Africa. It's never been sold out before. Why all of a sudden has it become so popular? Um, I think there's a variety of reasons. If you look at it, um, we actually went up from just on C100 internationals from last year, and this year we've gone over to close on 450 international. So we're definitely becoming an international destination. Um, and then what happened was, uh, being the 10th year, obviously over, over 10 years, a lot of guys haven't repeated. Now suddenly the 10th year they wanted it, but they were so used to leaving it to the last second. So I feel like doing that in our entries that suddenly um, it, it showed that there were, the race was getting full. And for some reason, the guys all hit one week that they decided let's do it. And there was just like panic stations. I mean, we were sitting, we just closed the waiting list on 790 athletes on the waiting list on 2,200 entries. So that just shows you the number of guys still wanting to get into the race. Um, and, the, 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 and that's why your next message is on trying to accommodate some of these guys off the um, waiting list. Yeah, let, let's, let's. A lot of these guys. Sorry? Let's touch on that quick, Paul. I, I, I'm one of those guys on the waiting list. I haven't got an email, but a little birdie sent me an email today. Someone else has got one. And you're not reopening entries, but you are adding a few extra slots in for guys who are already on the waiting list, but it won't be everyone because obviously that waiting list is too big. You can't accommodate everyone. So, so how many guys and girls may have an opportunity to get a slot at 2014's Ironman South Africa? I've been inundated with calls. Me personally, my phone never stops ringing every day. Everyone who's ever known me or, or hopes to know me is now phoning me and trying to twist my arm and offer me a bribe to get me in. <laughs> and I can understand as a fellow athlete. I mean, you ask your wife permission one year and you start training for the race because it's the 10th year and now suddenly you, you, you miss the boat and um, you, you're not actually in the race. So what I've done as a game, I had the same suspicion look at the value um, or the, the number of, of athletes I can safely allow and start on the course. So that number is 2,500 athletes. So I'm looking at 300 people coming off the waiting list. But you must understand, though, is that the athlete has 48 hours to pay in, otherwise it rolls to the next person on the list and he drops off the list. So if you look at the 790 on the course, you're going to look at at least 400 of those being accommodated immediately in the next uh, two, two weeks. If you looked at 70.C, we had 500 guys on the waiting list and it sold out and we've actually allowed 100 people in off that list as, as cancellations have happened. So anybody on that 790 should keep training because they've just got a good chance all the way through until entries close in the end of January next year. Okay, so, so basically what you're saying is people mustn't sit back and chill and go, oh, it's over. There, there is still a chance that they might get an entry. They need to keep ticking over and, and staying fit and, and working towards it and, 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 and hold thumbs. It, it might just happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why we close the list. Um, so you can definitely not guarantee it, but there's a very good chance if you're on the, on the original list, 
Um, there's a good chance you're going to get into the race if you keep on training all the way through to January. All right, superb. Paul, I, I mentioned when we first started chatting about the route profile of the bike that I had a look at. Uh, I don't know Port Elizabeth that well. I was chatting to my brother who's, who's done four next year will be his fifth, and he knows Port Elizabeth very well. And he said to me, you know what, I think I'm leaving my tri bike at home. I'm going to take my road bike because there's some nasty hills on the little section that you guys have added. Tell us a little bit about that bike route and how tough is it? Uh, if you actually know PE, or if you don't know I'm in, I'm in before, if you look at that profile, the bottom is that's squashed onto a 200-meter scale. So it looks really, really severe. So if you look at the, 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 the climb that you do have past the fire station on your left, all that top of Mount Pleasant, which has always been in the course, actually looks very severe on that profile. You can fit the whole thing in, obviously, to fit on the page. So it's actually not that bad. If you've raced any of the Ironmans in Europe, um, the climbing on this course is about half of the climbing you do on that course. If you took just the 90Ks of East London um, on that course, that again, you, know, you actually climb more on the East London course with, with more severe hills. So yes, I'm not saying there aren't climbs. There are definitely going to be climbs. It's going to stop out the drafters. They're not going to be able to draft. Um, but if you, if you have a westerly wind, you turn around, you've got 60Ks to come back with the wind on your tail, coming all the way back to town. Um, so you're climbing for 30, you're coming back with the wind of 30. So if you look at a, the pro, I would say a maximum of five minutes difference in their cycle time. An age grouper who's trained and is an average to good cyclist, I would say maybe 10 minutes slower. The age grouper that, that's a weak cyclist that doesn't do the, the, a bit more hill training, he can lose, yes, up to half an hour to 45 minutes on his, on his cycle time. Right, so it's, I mean, it's not too bad. And, and you know what? It's, it's, some people are saying that the two lap is better than the three. I think it's a very personal choice. Uh, three can become monotonous. Two, at least you've done one. You know, you've only got one left. So, yeah, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of another. I'm glad you guys have had a look at the at the route, and I, and also really chuffed that you you're entering more numbers. It's just going to make that event better and better. More people down there, uh, bigger celebrations. I mean, the vibe in P is fantastic around that weekend anyway. Uh, and if you just throw another 500 people in that mix, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, baby. I mean, I, I, I've the only Ironmans I've ever raced have been in Europe, and when Austria was still a sea lap course, I raced that a year later. They went to the two-lap course, and I also was, because I'd done quite well that year before, I thought, yes, uh, I don't know if I want to do this, because they also brought in quite a few more hills. And in the end, when I raced that race, I actually preferred it, because you say you've done one lap, and you know it was hard, but you only had one more to go. On a 60k loop, you've got three times. If you're having a bad day on the first loop, you know it's because I still got to do this another <laughs> several times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a head game, but I mean, Ironman is a head game. Um, and that's what makes it a great sport, is that it's not something you can just go and do the next day. It's something you really have to plan for. And if you prepare for this race, you're going to make it. Yep, without a doubt. Paul Wolf, thank you so much for, for catching up with us today. I want to wish you all the best in the, the preparations for uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, but also uh, for uh, East London coming up uh, in oh, less than two months, basically. It's two months till, till uh, yeah, 70.3. No, yeah, just, just around the corner. And half of that is Christmas. So, yeah, everything's going to be to bed by then. But thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, it's great to have another one of SA's top athletes on this week's show, Try Talk SA. Gerard De Bruyne, welcome on to Try Talk. Thanks for, for chatting to us this afternoon. How's it, Brad? Yeah, thank you for having me. Like Gerard, I wanted to touch base with you just on a, on a couple of things. First one, from a, a racing perspective, you raced last week at 11 Global out at Sun City. You were telling me before the race how much you really wanted to win that race, and uh, things didn't go exactly according to plan. You picked up a second uh, podium, but you, you were in it to win it, man. You were, you were disappointed with your performance. 
Yeah, I um, I you know, I gave it my best shot. I've been I've been working pretty hard this year on on, on different areas of of my game and and my running is unfortunately one of those things that's going to take time to pick up. But otherwise, I'm pretty happy. I uh, I like 11 Global. I've been doing it every year since it started. You know, it's one of the only non-wetsuit events that we've got. So it, it's nice. It's it's a nice atmosphere. It's a nice venue. It's, and it's definitely the toughest try distance in this country, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a nice venue. It, it, it is lacquer. I mean, it's amazing up at Sun City, but it is tough. I mean, the heat is, is one thing, and it's not the easiest of courses either. Yeah, look, um, if you want to do Kona one day, I reckon go test Sun City's Olympic distance and imagine doing an Ironman in that heat. So uh, it gives you a good perspective of what the guys go through in, in, in Kona. And uh, the tough, I mean, the venue itself, it's it's, it's so nice. And, and you go there, spend a whole weekend there, and you actually you can chill afterwards. It's really great. I think it's great for families and friends to really catch up and, and, and enjoy their weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. And then just looking ahead from a, from a racing perspective, what's next on the cards for you, Ko? Well, next up is Midlands Ultra. And uh, then I've got the training camp in January. And then 70.3. And Midlands again in, in March. And then Ironman, looking forward to the new course. Yeah, it's uh, interesting changes. I, I mean, they, they've mentioned that it's 290k bikes. I haven't seen too much, although I got an email last night uh, of someone's Garmin data, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it came from because they went and mapped out uh, what, and I don't know if it is the official route, but it looks very, very interesting, to say the least. What do you make of it? Are, are you a fan of, of the three laps, or would you prefer two lap two lap bike? For, for spectator, because I've been supporting Ironman for the last four years, went down to pee every year and support the guys. From a spectator point of view, I prefer the, the 60K loops, but um, mentally I think the 90K loops is going to be better for the athlete and also the one-loop swims might be also better for the for the athletes that's you know, comfortable with swimming in the ocean. For those who's doing it for the first time, I think that's going to be a mental barrier, a new one to break limits. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. I mean, I quite like the two-lap swim and the three-bike. It almost breaks it up into smaller chunks, and, and it makes it more manageable, that you just focus on the one lap and you get through that, and then you focus on the next. Having the, the longer sort of loops, I think it is going to be, especially for the guys at the back of the pack, going to make it quite tough. Yes, I mean, they talk about the Eastly Beastly, in PE and they win the city and they, from what I understand, the course is, is quite tough on the bike now and if the easterly wind blows, it's going to be, it's going to be extremely tough. So, yeah, for the back markers, I think it's going to be more of a challenge for, for the first few hundred guys. It won't make a big difference to competitive age groupers, but it's definitely going to change the whole dynamic of, of Port Elizabeth, you know, having more athletes on the course. Um, yeah, I don't always agree with the amount of, of athletes that they get into these venues. It's, it's unfortunately one of those things out of our control. But um, I hope the quality stays uh, stays there, and I hope they still look after the Ironman. You know, um, in PE, you know, I think so many people put so much effort in into that, and you don't want to lose athletes. You really want to build the sport. So I, I really hope they they are doing the right thing. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Harris. I mean, a lot of guys that I've spoken to as well were moaning, saying, oh, it's going to make it so hard. You know what? At the end of the day, it is an Ironman. And, and let's be honest, if it was easy, everyone, everybody would have done one. Uh, so, you know, what? It's, it's kind of lacquered doing a, a really hard race. And to, to be able to say, I've done it. Yes, it, it, it is. Um, but if you, for me personally, I mean, for, for me, my, my, my challenge is, is, is now the, the new course and, and getting my athletes through it. Not all of them are there to, you know, to really break records. They just want to finish it. And at the end of the day, it's about the experience and the journey towards Ironman. So they'll still experience that. I think the journey is, is more important and the race day is actually the bonus that you, you get. So yeah, look, if you go to Europe, there's some crazy courses over there as well. So I think after 10 years, changing the course is not that bad. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing what what it's all about um it's 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 going to be interesting yeah it is and you talk about your athletes that was the second aspect that i wanted to chat to you about uh you put on pretty cool training camps uh early in the new year's the the next one and tell us a little bit about that and and how it came about uh sort of how you started those training camps well yeah brad so my, my journey in, in the multi-sport started in 2000 um i was born in bethlehem and raised in bethlehem and uh, swimming is not really one of our main sports over there. I mean, we're usually on the forecast in the minuses. So it's it's not a big swim part of the world. But um, I was quite into cycling, apart from the school sports that we had. And I actually started planning this cycling training camp when I was in, in grade 12. And it was just one of those ideas that you put on paper and nothing really happened. And when I started studying in, in Pretoria, um, my third year, we at Duck Strathlon decided, no, we want to go have a training camp. So I said to him, well, I've got this venue and stuff. I'll, I'll do this training camp for you. Um, and that was in 2006. And the whole idea was just getting people together to train with me and Split the cost, and the first year it was 750 rand for three meals. That's three meals a day. And three years down the road, I realized, you know what, I can actually make this work because the sport is growing massively, and I was at the right place. And yeah, the venue just works. It's just one of those things. This altitude is not something you can you can develop you just you just need to get the perfect venue and and the benefits been, been shown so yeah it's it's really going from strength to strength it's i've got three training camps a year now and i've i pretty much had all the best athletes in south africa there before so it's it's been going well and I, I can't complain it's it's really a really nice setup and um i've, I've had so many um international people as well over the years it's and it's really worth it. I mean, I don't know of any holiday that you can go for for a week and get two full board meals a day and a massage every day and some workshops and open water swimming and riding. And it's a whole package, you know. So I focus a lot on, on, on value for what you get. Um, coming from a, a student point of view, I really, I really try to match, um, their needs and, and keep the cost as low as possible, you know. That's the only way you can grow it. I mean, you talk about the, the venue. It is in, in one of the most beautiful parts of the country as well. Uh, it's in, in the Golden Gate sort of area. Yes, uh, we're in Golden Gate in the National Park. It's uh, 16 k's from Clarence, which is uh, a renowned uh, holiday 
side little town, um, pretty much like Dahlstrom, but just a bit more um, uh, commercialized at this point. And Joe, we swim in a nice trophy trout dam um, not far away. And the cycling, I mean, what more do you want than, than open roads, quiet roads, and really, really fresh, crispy, clean air in the mornings when you wake up. And the mountains, you know, the mountains is just one of those things. What, what can you do? It's, it's the nice views and mind-like people. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been great. I, I, I find every year new challenges and yeah, it's, it's great. I, every year I just improve, improve, improve and, and yeah, I've got so many regulars by now. And, um, yeah, you, you can't really describe it if you haven't been there yet. So the best I can say is get, get to Golden Gate training camp and, and see what it's all about. Carrot, you, you, you sent me a, a couple of video clips before we chatted this afternoon just to sort of give me a taste of, of what it's like. And, and, and the scenery and, and the sort of uh, just the surroundings are, are absolutely spectacular. What I'll do is I'll post those videos uh, in the show notes for this episode as well. So if somebody wants to check it out, they're more than willing to do that. You've mentioned over the years you've had some of South Africa's top athletes. I was looking at one of your flyers. I mean, there's a quote there from, uh, from Kate Roberts uh, just saying how awesome the training camp is as well. It's not just aimed at the elites. I mean, you you have sort of uh, athletes of all, of all abilities that come through to these training camps. Yeah, look, um, I've got Travis Travis Johnson coming for the first time in, in January, but uh, I've had Andrea there and Carla Kermesais and Colin Fisher and and Vian Sulvan's um, career started actually. He was 16 when he came on the first camp, and mm-hmm. Rudolf Madier. Um, you know, all these top guys been there and. The nice thing is the the average Joe weekend warrior can train with the best and and actually see that you know what they're also just human and they also get tired and you learn a different uh, view of the sport. So it was very nice having Katie there in, in January and she spent a little bit of time with the juniors that was also um, on the course and uh, Lindsay Perry is my my head coach on the camp and then I've got uh, a couple of fishers that will massage every day and I've got a Cycle tech and Kalamis, uh, bike mechanics, just on that set the whole week. And, and so we do a couple of bike setups. We look at equipment. Um, we've got Goo on board for the last, uh, two years. So they supply the supplements. So it's a whole, a whole week of fun. You know? There's no hidden cost. You get two full board meals a day, a nice massage. You know, you get, you get people there with the same problems that most weekend warriors have or age groupers. And, and that's time. And this is one way they can really talk and how they overcome these um, obstacles. So it's it's nice to train hard with mind like people and also have chill time. You know, go have a coffee and Clarence or go have a walk or sit in the river, which is pretty cold. So we use it as an ice bath. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a, a little bit of everything. We've got a nice coffee shop going in January. That's something that's going to be nice on the camp, and we've got nice bonfires in the evenings and hammocks. So. I always try to improve it. I always try to give athletes a 100% break and they, they sacrifice a holiday to come in the training camp and it's leave. And, uh, yeah, prepare them as best as possible for the season. I mean, there's no better time to start than the 2nd of January every year. Get those Christmas and New Year's festivity um, in order and then get in shape for what's to come. Brilliant. And, Harold, from a cost perspective, what, what, what are you looking at? 
The cost is three thousand seven hundred fifty bucks, uh, which is uh, including the uh, seven nights. So basically eight days, you get two full board meals. Get the coaching. We do video analysis as well on the week, and uh, we do workshops every second day. So new people, like especially girls, we teach them how to change tires. We show them the little things to do on their bikes when the gears is not set. Um, yeah, and we've got some some nice prizes at the end of the week. So all the funny things that happen, they're mostly people that had sunburn or slept or snored or. There's so many nice stories at the end of the, of the camp, and uh, we've got uh, really good uh, friendships that's actually built on, on weeks like this. And I, I've had CEOs, I had business owners, I had students, I had a little bit of everything there. And, and it's really, at the end of the day, it's, it's really worth it. And, and the advantage point of the training is, it takes you to the next level, absolutely. It sounds it sounds awesome, Carl. And then you also mentioned you do three a year. The, the next one's coming up at the beginning of January. What are the exact dates? And then what are the other two? Where are the other two in the, placed in the year? So the January one is the second to the ninth. Um, we start um, late morning on the second, and we we focus on on three and those who's on, keen on on starting triathlon, getting the season. Um, fitness a bit up and then I've got our Ironman camp in March which we basically focus on over the distance and uh, for the guys focusing on, on a good base and then I've got a spring camp which is a summer starter so it's um, usually for, for everybody as well um, I've got some cross tracks coming and and yeah we, we just try to get the season started I mean August we've got the 5150 so usually after that, people realize, you know what, it's been a not-so-great winter. And then, yeah, we get it ready with a, a week of hard work there on altitude. Sounds brilliant. Uh, if people want to find out more about it, Howard, where's the, the best place to go? Well, um, currently I'm, I'm using my blog, which is uh, com, And the information on there is usually updated. And people can contact me via my email address, which is on the site. And yeah, there's uh, more than enough pictures and details. So yeah, I've, I've covered most of the questions that people usually ask. And uh, yeah, we do for everybody. I've had 60 plus year olds there, Kona qualifiers. So it's really, it's a really broad spectrum of athletes that attend. It, it sounds amazing. And, and the cool thing is with it being in, in Golden Gate, I mean, it's pretty central. So it doesn't matter where you are in the country, if you're coming from up north from Gauteng or uh, perhaps from the Cape or, or KZN, it's, it's pretty much smack bang in the middle of South Africa. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, about just over three hours from KZN and just over three hours from Johannesburg. So the people coming from East London or PE or Jeffrey, they, they usually fly and I arrange a pickup for them because there's so many people driving from Joburg's side. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's easy. It's easy. It's just a, a few hours drive. Brilliant. Howard to Brain, uh, it's been awesome uh, catching up with you. And, yeah, it, uh, let me know how it goes. I'd love to sort of keep an eye on it and, uh, and see how you guys progress. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Well, that's it. Episode 19 of Try Talk SA in the bag. Before I let you go, don't forget that free checklist. Uh, the URL you need to get to is www.trytalksa.co.za forward slash free. Uh, and I'll email you the checklist straight to your email inbox. 
Uh, and yeah, from myself, Brad Brown, until next week, don't forget to listen to episode 20. We've got that massive announcement that's taking place that's going to be awesome for the South African Triathlon Fraternity. Some great, great news coming up in a week from now. Make sure you listen out to episode 20. It's coming up next week, Wednesday. From myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a superb week. Cheers. 